Hey everyone, welcome to the Landlord Association podcast. I'm your host, George Gao. This is a podcast by the landlords and for the landlords in the greater Houston area. We'll discuss tips, strategies, techniques to help our listeners to be more educated and ultimately become more successful rental property owners and investors. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 25. Today we have Vivian Kai, who's a CPA and she has an MBA from the University of Houston. She has an extensive background in accounting, project management, and software training for Microsoft Office products for small businesses and accountants. For the last seven and a half years, she has been running her own tax preparation firm here in Houston, and it has a lot of clients who are realtors and other real estate professionals. In our conversation with Vivian, she gives a lot of good tips on how to organize our expenses, save on taxes for the remainder of 2020, as well as updates on the stimulus checks and PPP loans. I will highly encourage you to give her a call and check out her website if you have any questions on your real estate related taxes because she does free consultations and we'll be more than happy to chat. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Vivian Jimmy. All right, great. Uh, well, uh, w- welcome to another um, Acres Realty um, education. Um, you know, we, uh, of course, this is Jimmy and we have George hosting and today we are um, very privileged to be uh, joined with a very special guest, Vivian, uh, which is a CPA and also um, uh, focuses on helping realtors with uh, their taxes and saving money, which is, uh, you know, all of us realtors can use some extra saving money, right, George? That's right. Every yeah. penny counts. Yeah, every any penny counts. So, uh, with further ado, um, you know, let's let's uh, you know, um, we want to introduce Vivian. And Vivian, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do, and you know, and what your goals are and whatnot? Yes. Again, thank you, Jimmy and George, for inviting me today. I am a CPA. I, I also have my MBA from the University of Houston. I have a, a, a project management professional. Also, and previously, I operated a training program on Microsoft Office, primarily running Excel modeling and building access databases for small businesses. And I train uh, accountants and specialists. So um, currently, I am combining my MBA, my CPA, and my technology skills to deliver information, spreadsheets to help real estate agents to uh, do several things. One is to save money, like George said, but how to save it effectively. A lot of us are so busy, we don't keep track of our expenses. And so I have a template where I'm automating these things, um, uh, teaching real estate agents how to reconcile what to keep up with in terms of startup expenses, mileage, uh, and other real estate expenses so that they can help their tax person at the end of the year. A lot of them don't know throughout the year what they need to do. And so with this process, I'm helping are my clients to see throughout what what's their profit and loss is number is uh, year I mean almost weekly or monthly or whenever they need it. Uh, I've been doing this for seven plus years, um, uh, and so it's it's been it's been fun and it's been challenging, but I've learned a lot and I I met uh, interesting people along the way. Oh, that's awesome, and and um, and I, I think it's a huge. Um, uh, you know, you're thinking 
where most people, um, you know, they're just waiting to the last minute to file returns for the prior year. So that's awesome, you know, with the creating tools that is available. Yeah. I thought, uh, George, you want to hit it off with the next question? Yeah. So Vivian, some of the most common questions for realtors are, you know, what, what can we deduct? Is it home office or cars or clothes, uh, a commission we split with other agents? What are some of the big buckets that agents come like sometimes overlook? Yeah, so you you uh, topped off a, a few good ones, such as home deductions. Uh, I think knowing that is useful. I always ask my client to take a picture of their home office so that I can have it on file. And so I ask them to see what's the square footage of that house is and determine what is the best way to deduct that based on the standard deduction or based on the square footage of the, bis of the uh, business office. There's mileage. You also mentioned that, George. That's another good way. Um, there are several apps that I highly encourage real estate agents to use. Um, I use Mile IQ. Uh, it's it's mm -hmm. almost, um, I like to use technology a lot. So you just, you know, when you're traveling, you just hit start and it starts tracking for you. Or you can use an Excel file. That's another good way. Most, so the, the things that you mentioned, George, is really good. Um, but for the, for the real estate agents who are not working as, uh, as in addition to real estate agent commission, um, they don't have a W-2 like some of you. Um, they're primarily, their main source of income is their 1099. What, does, what most people don't know of is that they can deduct their uh, self-employment healthcare expenses. Uh, so that's, that's a huge plus. Uh, they can also set up their own 401k, uh, their, their self-employment IRA. Those are the things that I highly encourage my real estate clients to look into for the benefit of their employees and for the benefit uh, of their company of themselves. Oh, that's, that, that, those are really good. Um, Vivian, are, are there any other apps that, that you use or would recommend besides the uh, Miles IQ? Yeah, so so I, I, I'm really sorry, George and Jimmy, because Jimmy actually just sent me the, the link to this uh, webinar five minutes ago. And so I'm just stumbling. I will send you the list. Uh, I actually wrote a book about it. So I will send you the list if, if that's okay. Yeah, no, no, no problem. No problem. George, you got, you got another one for her? Yeah, so, uh, and a lot of us are, you know, like to do things ourselves. We're a little entrepreneurial. And, um, you know, I'm just familiar. Sometimes I try to, uh, do my taxes myself, you know, why should somebody hire a tax professional like yourself versus doing it, try to, try to do it themselves? Because I know every year tax changes, tax laws change and new versions come up and we don't always keep track, but, you know, and there's a lot of um, apps out there now that say they can help you do taxes yourself. Um, but why should we work with a tax professional that you know, try to do them themselves online? Yeah, so there are uh, several reasons, right? The tax professionals are mandated by the, I'm, I'm a CPA, so I can only speak for CPAs. We're mandated by the state of Texas or the board of licenses to 
upkeep, our, our oath, our professionalism, our ethics. And so I think that is a huge plus to do it. Um, they are also required to take um, a certain number of CPEs uh, throughout the year. I think that is, and, and they're very, very costly. Like George said, um, tax changes constantly. Uh, I'll give you an exam, a good example. Last year, uh, because of the, the Trump tax cut, you know, it, it went down the uh, the medical expended expenses that you can deduct was at 10%. But then a few months later, the adjustment was reduced to 7.5%. And it was it happened after the law has passed. And that is what uh, the the professionals, the CPAs, or even the uh, the EAs have to keep up with, right? They they belong to associations. They pay good money, good dues to have these information uh, 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 sent to them. Uh, that's 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 another reason. Another reason is that they have um, processes. Hopefully, some of the CPAs and the EAs have processes that are uh, check and balances. Also, when you pay a, a good CPA or a good EA, uh, you're tapping into that net, network. And so I have uh, a clients who build upon knowledge for me, right? I'm, I'm, I'm using, um, Jimmy is not my client, but I'm, I'm using Jimmy as an example. So Jimmy could be a client of mine, and then I could be able to say that from history, this is the way some uh, another similar no, no confidentiality is also something that CPAs must uphold. And so these are all the, the benefits, the professional benefits that uh, if you were to hire a CPA, he or she would be able to guide you in the right direction. Yeah, good, good, good response. Yeah, go ahead, George. No, I was saying that's, you know, that's all things are good to know and uh do you recommend uh people start working with you in in the middle of the year or they wait till end of year to give you a call when should we start you know call you and say hey you know when should i start you know plan for this and i just got a big commission check you know um you know should i hold by some taxes and plan for my next payments uh, for taxes you know when do you usually start working with realtors uh on preparing for next year taxes most of my clients come to me initially when taxes are due, unfortunately. Right. That is not how taxes should be, uh, should happen. Tax planning really should take, should take place year round for various reasons. You want to be able to, to um, strategize where you want to land in terms of your taxable income. And then as a result, how much of that is going, you're going to be end up paying. So the different strategies you might have is that, hey, I, I think I need to do this, withdraw this amount. Oh, he, this, is, this is a good example. A lot of you do investments, I'm, I'm guessing, right? Mm -hmm. And so you know that, hey, this year, my income is gonna be off the roof. I need to start harvesting losses. So that how somehow I can net that out. But if you if you wait until December 31st to start compiling this information, you miss a good window to start operating 
these this kind of losses or even gains harvesting that that you could have done during the year throughout the year um so that's that's a good example uh, yeah so definitely so yeah, not not everybody's familiar with uh, people, for people who are not familiar with with uh, gain loss or gain uh, harvesting. What's what's loss harvesting? Yeah, so capital gains and capital losses have a different tax rate. Uh, for some, it is at a higher level than their normal tax uh, 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 income level, and so when they harvest losses, they they are allowed to. Uh, because they have so much gains, they're allowed to net it out one against yeah. another to reduce the impact of their taxes uh, for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say you bought like Bank America at 20 bucks, but the end of year it was, it was like 10 bucks. And then, but you had another, you got a big commission you want to offset. So you might, you know, sell your Bank America stock and but you haven't lost, you can go back and maybe buy Wells Fargo or something next year. I still have that, you know, stock exposure, but you got some losses that you can offset your gains uh, from your from your commissions or other capital gains. That's Is that what we talking about? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, 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 Vivian, what what about um what about um you know having a lot of gain and so you want to offset that and so um you know using investments to offset that um and so I know that capital investments typically is not something you can use to offset gains, but you can still, I think you can still invest wisely by doing maybe a ton more Facebook ads where, you know, there'll be offsetting revenues where it's, you can say, oh, that's an expense, you know, that kind of stuff. So what are some creative ways to, to do that? And, you know, what is the line drawn, you know? And so it, it seems like there is ways to kind of maybe do investments, but you yeah. know, yeah. So I had a client, uh, again, not revealing names. Uh, so I advised him, hey, you probably need to go buy a car because of the new changes that just happened with the Trump tax cuts. You are now able to deduct aggressively 100% of that car if it meets a, thir a certain requirements. So that has drastically reduced his taxable income at the end of that year now had he not come to me uh sooner than december 31st he wouldn't have been able to to utilize that strategy right so there there are uh, expenses that the government will allow you to do so i'll give i'll give an, another example a restaurant uh decided to because of the trump tax cut they decided to change their roof. And because of the deduction 179, the person was able to utilize that and depreciate that fully. And so again, taxes happen year round. You wanna, you wanna do this, um, you know, you wanna take care of this as if you're taking care of your car maintenance. You wanna maintain this so that it runs smoothly. You don't want any surprises at the end of the year. Uh, I am a planner. I sort of know how much I would owe in taxes uh, at the end of, of April the next year. And that's another thing, too. You, you want to be able to know um, how much are you going to be paying Uncle, Uncle Sam. You don't want to overpay or underpay also, right? So you want to, to somehow 
if you if you do owe Uncle Sam money, you want to pay him uh, appropriately and timely because if not, you will be assessed an interest. And so these are the things that we want to work with a CPA who can more than just file your taxes. The I do. Hey, what do I need to do? What do I? Uh, what can I do? Ask them. Here's an example. Someone just asked me, "Can I buy an? Uh, can I buy an investment using, you know, different things?" And that's what a CPA is for. Uh, the CPA is there not just not just to buy your taxes. He or she is there to advise you uh, on different legal strategies. The person is not a lawyer, right? Uh, but but at least. He or she will be able to say, hey, look into this. Hey, look into that. And maybe we should engage a lawyer to, to facilitate what we just talked about if the CTA herself or himself cannot do so. Hey, hey Vivian, for the, um, for, for the car example that you mentioned, uh, uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, it, it's not about the down payment of the car. It's about the total cost of the car. So uh, it's not related to how much of a loan do you get, right? So if you get a hundred percent finance, you still get to deduct the entire cost of the car, not the down payment cash that you pay, right? Yeah, it is what is what's on the bill of sale, right? Okay. So, so you're, you'll be able to deduct that. Got it. And 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 for um, and especially for this time right now uh, during the coronavirus, a lot of people have gotten uh, stimulus checks and different types of government help. Um, is that is is that a what 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 is, what would be that income considered as? Is that considered ordinary income, or is that the government kind of advancing you your next year's um, you know deduction, and then after that, since you got it, now they're they're gonna you know uh, tax you on it, or, or how how does that all work out? Um, do you know? Okay, so there's two parts. Okay, the the uh, the the economic impact that we, if you are a single person and you made $75,000 or less in 2018 or 2019, you are going to get $1,200. If you are married, filed jointly, you will, and you make $150,000 or less in those two years, individually, you, you'll get $2,400. And if you have kids, you get an additional 500. That is called the economic impact. That is an advanced credit. It is going to be based in actuality on your 2020 income, but they're making advance because everyone is in a, an economic dire strait right now. So the, the government is going to say, hey, I'm gonna give this money to you. And then we're going to come 2020 2021, when we assess your taxes for 2020, we'll determine if if we owe you extra, if we just if we pay you the any amount that we didn't that we shouldn't have paid you, that's okay. That's that's gonna be forgiven. Okay, so I tell my clients, if you haven't gotten that money yet, don't worry, it's gonna come. If it's if it's missing next year, you will be able to claim that that's a credit. So the, the good thing about a credit is that it is it is some it's a, even if you don't um, that's something that's going to be given to you uh, you won't be taxed on it 
the unemployment piece that you uh, touch on, Jimmy, is taxable. That actually, that's the, uh, that's the amount, depending on your income level, you get a certain dollar uh, monthly plus the $600 extra uh, a week for, uh, I believe, 16 weeks. And uh, don't quote me on the 16 weeks. I, I kept misremembering that number. But that's the number that will be reported as income, and you will receive a 1099 from the government uh, at the end of, of 2020 if you did receive unemployment and you did collect that, and you need to report, report that as well. Great. That 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 uh, that that that's uh, that's pretty good. And so the 1,200 that. Um, that's really an advance. It's not really free money like people claim. It's like, hey, I just got free money. It's really an advance where you know they'll get it back from you at some point in the future. Oh no, no, it, it's it's a it's a credit. They call it an advance because it is free money, right? Okay. But it's an advance because it's based on your 2020. They're just gonna advance it for you today because they need people to start using that money to right. uh, revitalize a con the economy. It's based on your 2020 income. Okay, got it. Okay. So, so, so Vivian, what's what's the uh, kind of I, I know uh, because of the virus situation, a lot of tax dates have kind of changed uh, in 2020. What's what's kind of some of the upcoming main tax dates that, that are set, and and is any of them um, subject to to move anymore, or do you know of, or is it pretty you know direct now? And so, so the um, April 15 tax date that everyone knows of has been moved to July 15. Okay. Um, that has also moved, postponed, or, or pushed back the rest of the dates. So our franchise, if you have an LLC, mm -hmm. is also due on July the 15th also. Uh, and so that that's... So I, I want I don't know if you asked is that going to be uh, effectively changed for subsequent years? The answer is a no. This is this is a one-off in 2021 right. unless the IRS changes its mind. Uh, our taxes will still be due on April 15, 2021. Got it. Um, just to follow up on that um, stimulus. Uh, part. I know that individually people get similar checks, but as a small business, you know, some uh, realtors for small businesses, they have employees, they have assistants. Uh, they also can apply for the PPP loan or the EIDL loan. Uh, so people who get, you know, money to help with the payrolls uh, and to help with the repairs and the cap regular working capitals. So they, let's say they get $10,000. Do they have to report that as an income? Uh, for the loans, or how, how do you report down on the taxes? Yeah, that's that's a loan, right? So mm -hmm. a loan doesn't get reported as income. Now, yeah. the piece that's going to be forgiven, right, is is uncertain right now whether or not that piece, the piece under the PPP, that will be forgiven, whether or not that will be reported as a business income is up in the air right now and of course things changes almost daily as you have seen the sba constantly if not weekly then daily is updating the application for forgiveness so so right now 
we know for sure that the loan itself is not going to be, going to be reported as income, but how much of that loan we are going to be forgiven as a result of your ability to uh, fulfill the requirements under the SBA's guidelines, such as you know rehiring your folks at 60% level. Now the 60% has been changed from, from 75 lastly, right? Uh, I believe June, June the 2nd, when, when um, President Trump signed the uh, Leniency Act so that people could be forgiven, the loan could be forgiven at a, at a much, uh, um, I guess, lenient rate. And so we'll, we'll have to watch and see the answer is we do not know yet, right? It's, it's just up in the air today. And, and just to add to that, I was uh, at a, um, I believe, a Houston Apartment Association meeting, and, and they were saying, for example, the PPP program where the government is paying uh, employees, well, if the government is paying employees, you know, let's say $100,000, then you then you have $100,000 less to ask for a deduction because typically you have income minus expenses, you know, and then after that, and so, you know, and so whenever you do your taxes, they're expecting $100,000 less in expenses. Yeah, so that's, that's so, an excellent way of, because you don't, you didn't expand these things, right? So right, yeah. as a CPA, I don't want to see you getting a, a, a PPA, PPP loan for $100,000 to pay Jimmy and George. And then on a different separate uh, general ledger, I'm, I see Jimmy and George's salaries again. Transaction. So I, I advise my clients, if they get this loan to create a separate account, preferably with the bank that they got the loan from, so that any expense expenses that they funnel out of this comes out of that loan so that they can accurately track these expenses. Uh, and, and, you know, believe it or not, the SBA is working on a, a fraud uh, a plan. You could be randomly selected to be, hey, I want to see your, your proof, your records of what you've done using the loans that was given to you. So, you know, if you have, if you, if you separate these things in a, in a, in a, um, I guess, uh, appropriate manner, such as setting a separate checking account, a separate credit card, you'll be able to demonstrate that you did try to, to separate these things accurately and be able to very quickly respond to their request, even when they ask. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but there's been talks that that might happen because as you know, uh, the, PP, the first round of PP, PPP's disbursement um, was quickly depleted within three days of its initiation. And so uh, they, they know for a fact that there, there have been a lot of abuse. Uh, certainly, we don't want to get caught in that quagmire. And so I highly recommend that all of us keep track of these things. Great. Yeah, that makes sense. George, you want to ask? Yeah, I guess uh, um, a separate topic uh, uh, from a legal perspective, you know, some most of us operate as a self proprietors. You know, we just kind of put the schedule C um, in the, you know, you know, as part of the 1040. 
But um, you know, a lot of people have LLCs. They form LLCs and for legal protection reasons, and they want to do business out of that. Um, is there any tax advantages uh, for using a LLC instead of uh, doing a self proprietorship? Just you know, saying you know, additional, I can claim more as a business if you have LLC. Yeah, I think that's an excellent question, and it's, it's, I think it's a common misconception, right? An LLC is, in the eyes of the tax law, is a disregarded entity. It's a pass-through entity. What you do, what you what you choose to tax via, that's why it's called pass-through. What you choose to pass through that LLC is how your tax is determined. Mm -hmm. So you create, you structure an LLC, you could flow through and get paid taxes out of it as, as George, as Jimmy, the individuals, mm -hmm. or you can flow it through as an S corp or, okay. So, so that's that, you know, an LLC is just that it's, it's got set up to protect your assets. If you know how, right. People create LLCs, that's all right, but don't know what the heck to do with it. That's a right. different topic. Uh -uh. But after that, when once you set it up, you you decide if you want to set it as, hey, I want to pay it under my name, mm -hmm. and my company will be will be passed through, or I want to separately uh, get taxed with my with my company and myself two two different ways. Yeah, yeah and, and to add to that, from a broker's perspective. Um, you know, if, uh, so, I, so I'm a broker and, and from a broker's perspective, if somebody comes and says, hey, um, instead of paying me the commissions, can you pay my LLC? Uh, I can't legally pay the LLC because the LLC is not licensed. I can pay the individual because they're licensed, uh, but I can't pay an LLC because it's not licensed. Now, you can go and license your LLC, but in order to license your LLC, you have to um, have a broker sponsor it, you know. And so, and so there, there are other requirements you know, to go down the line. And after that, if you go through all that path, it becomes not worth it. And then you might yeah. just get it. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, we're not, we're not legal professionals and we're not giving legal advice, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're not giving um, just probably from a tax uh, perspective, you know, probably the same if you do it from a, from a self proprietorship and, you know, an LLC. So definitely uh, talk to a lawyer before you set anything up. Uh, we see any money going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, for sure. I want to circle back to George's question about the tax implications of having tax as a sole uh, proprietor or or an S corp. It all depends on you. It depends on your revenue and your business. This is why you want to engage the service of a CPA so that the person can advise you what is best for me, right? Different people have different goals. And so I can't say, hey, you want to set up an LLC and always want to be taxed at an S Corp level or always want to be taxed at, as a Jimmy or a George or a Vivian's individual level. You don't know. Uh, it all depends on, on you and your goals and when where you are, okay? Uh, and, and, and so this, I don't know, this, I know this is all about tax, but I also want to bring up uh, the, the National Association of Realtors is really big on financial wellness right now. Financial wellness is hand in hand linked with tax. Tax, in fact, is one of the four 
uh, hurdles that will keep you away from 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 your goals, right? And so we want we want to engage the service of a CPA or or at least be mindful of the basic tax law so that we can we can um, reasonably uh, adjust for and, and and implement these strategies. Great. So, so, so Vivian, uh, the um, what would you say for a realtor? What what for a realtor? What, what increases audit risk? And where do you see people, you know, mess up the most as far as getting audits and, you know, getting out of that? Yeah, I have like three years in a row of losses. Does, does, does that, uh, <laughs> does, all right, yeah. it's not looking good on that. So, so one of the misconceptions is that, hey, if I continually have losses, I am going to be uh, uh, at a higher risk to be audited. I think as long as you can demonstrate that your business was structure with the idea of creating profit, but for various reasons beyond the, you know, for various reasons within your control or beyond your control, you haven't been making uh, 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 profit or because you are so business savvy that you've been able to depreciate uh, very handsomely uh, uh, and you have paperwork and documentation to back it up. And you should be fine. The, so to Jimmy's question about uh, what are some of the, the risks, I think commingling of funds is, is one of the primary risk level. Um, I think, you know, not, uh, for example, it's just the, the IRS is, is uh, heavily understaffed right now, let's just say. This this, this COVID-19 situation has also uh, exacerbated their, uh, their stress level. And so they're not going to go in and find, oh man, Jimmy, what? You know, that $500 meal looks suspicious. They're not going to do that. What they are going to do though, is that they're going to use big data to say, how come this person has only uh, I'm making things up. Uh, Twenty thousand dollars in commission, but expanded eighteen thousand dollars of it in meals. And so, they're going to use averages with other real estate agents in your zip code, and that can be done with, with five ten minutes. And and you know I can do that with with Excel modeling very very easily. And their IS will have that. I mean, has that ability to do so. So no commingling of funds, nothing extravagant, nothing exorbitant, you know, but if you do have these things document, uh, I'll give you another example. I think, I think documentation is our best friend, really. I send myself emails all the time, not, not as a way to remind myself, but as documentation. I store these things on a server, on, on Dropbox, and so that, you know, if anything happens, I can say, uh, no, this is, this is Vivian trying to do work with her company. So we're two separate entities. Okay. So, so commingling of funds, trying to separate, remain, uh, disentangled from our personal self and our business is, is, is really important. I, I can't take a like, uh, go ahead, Jimmy. Okay, so so for for example, if if you're doing business as yourself, 
Uh, you should have a personal uh, personal account where you do personal expenses and you also have another account where you're doing business, right? Even if you're doing business as yourself, that's Jimmy Lamb, but there's two Jimmy, the ones that does business and the one that does personal, right? That's what you're saying? Yes, I, I think that's, that's, and then, you know, sometimes, I'll give you an example. I went to the rope HEB the other day to buy something for my business, but I, I just rushed out the house. So I used my personal account, but immediately when I got home, I transferred that money back uh, and I documented that expense so that it, it, it's so little, but it becomes a habit. And I know that I am protected that way. These little things uh, will, will protect you. It, it will build uh, your system, really. It, it becomes a system where you, you start to think. It, it, it really is all about um, accumulating assets, accumulate income, and then protecting that, right? Just like you want to accumulate your client base and protecting it. It works the same way here. Right. And taxes, taxes, uh, you know, they say they didn't get Al Capone uh, for, for crime, but they got him for tax right. evasion. And so just, just so you can see how, uh, how menacing this thing is, right? And so we want to be sure we're on the right side of this law. It happens to be a tax law. Great. George, you want to take the next one? Yeah, no, I just want to follow up, say, you know, if uh, if people have keeping, whether you're doing Excel or you're doing QuickBooks, you know, you have two separate ledgers you know, for yourself in the business, or if you do it using a software like QuickBooks, you have two separate accounts, um, you know, for your personal and your business expenses, that will help uh, keep track of your, your, your outgoing and incoming, um, the money you're getting. So, no, that's, that's a good tip. Um, yeah. Yeah. And where do people, uh, you mentioned a couple of uh, websites people should go and, you know, keep monitoring the changes, things. Where can realtors go and, or anybody just go learn about, you know, the things that you should be doing to, um, you know, best practices for whether for taxes or just, um, you know, like you said, like asset protection and things like that. Yeah, so before I mention my own website and my own yeah. page, let me mention a few good ones out there. I think uh, the, the Texas State of uh, the Texas Real Estate Commission is uh, is a good place. I see that they're starting to do a lot more of uh, wealth building, including taxes training. So I think that's that's a good place. Another website that I really liked is called uh, Bigger Pockets. I don't, I don't know if you guys follow that. Uh, yep. The guys, the guys, they are really good. I really enjoy reading their books. Okay, so we uh, picked up an audio book and listen, listen on the way uh, to to a uh, showing, for example, or a land. You know, go out to see your your tenants, for example. Uh, my own Facebook page, I try to keep track because I compile data from various sources like the Texas Board of Accountancy or the uh, Today CPA Society or even the Houston CPA Society has, has this type of information. Um, the National 
enrolled agents is also a good place, uh, website that we can tap into to learn more about taxes. And, uh, and just for the uh, audience and participants of this uh, training today, uh, if you email Jimmy your email address and said, uh, ask Vivian to send me her tax booklet, I will, it's only, a, let me see, it's only a couple of pages um, long. It's about uh, 30 pages long, but it has the nuts and bolts for a lay person who's not a CPA to understand what the heck is deductions? What's, what's credits? What's standard deductions? What's personal exemptions? That's now been eliminated, but that could go back again in 2026. You want to be mindful of that because, man, talk about strategy. You want to have babies left and right, right? So <laughs> for, for, for dependence care. And so that's a joke. Um, so if you, if you shoot Jimmy or George an email and let, let them know, I will be happy to send you a copy of my tax booklet thank you for your generosity uh vivian oh no it, it's it's just there sitting there so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah and that's that's kind of ties to my last question is how do people get in touch with you i mean is it through facebook or do you prefer people going through your website or yeah any of the above uh references will do Jimmy will know that I, I am always on Facebook. I also have helpers to help me get uh, ping for, for notifications. So on my Facebook, you can go to uh, facebook.com backslash Highway Houston Tax uh, or just, just Google my name and you'll see, uh, just type in Vivian CPA and, and I'm, I'm everywhere. I have a, a website, you know, uh, I have uh, Facebook and, and everything else, so just shoot me. Uh, and I, I love to socialize. You don't need to come to me as a client. Uh, just come and ask me questions. I, I like to be engaged. I like to learn with you also, rather than just uh, you know sharing information I already know. I'm sure there are certain things I do not know. So uh, I, I would love just to connect uh, that way. Yeah, and, and hopefully uh, in a few weeks or a month, uh, Vivian uh, will be an agent and join us at Acres Realty, and people can look you up on uh, our website, too, that we're creating. So. Oh, that's awesome, yes. <laughs> yeah, I have so many real estate agents as a client, and sometimes they talk to me in language I don't really understand. So this is not so I can be an agent, per se, but so that I can know the language. I can, I can understand what the heck is a contract, right? So I can speak the ling lingo uh to get to know them better and that's and i really appreciate jimmy giving me the shout out like that <laughs> oh yeah for sure um vivia I, what, what, one last question for me um you know what's uh you know part-time full-time realtor um and uh who, who should which type of realtor should, uh, should claim um real estate professional you know and uh, you know what, what what's the risk of claiming it if, if you're only working uh, part-time you know, on your taxes, you know. I don't understand you. Can you clarify, Jimmy? Uh, it, 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 uh, on, on your tax return, if you claim yourself as a real estate professional, um, there's there's certain tax benefits, right? And so I, I, I believe only full-time, uh, somebody working in full-time as an agent can claim, you know. Yeah, so your loss, so it's, it all depends on your passive and active uh, uh 
status when you're a real estate agent. You can deduct if you are an active real estate agent. And I think it's a certain, I don't have the exact numbers of hours, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and share it with you guys. Uh, so if you're an active real estate agent, you can deduct almost all of your losses associated with your real estate businesses. But if you are in a uh, passive uh, real estate agent, what you, what you, your losses is only applicable to the, to the um, in, um, passive gains associated, right? So it's in, uh, passive plus passive, you can't, you can't commingle, right? So that's, that's the plus. Oh, I got you. Great. Let's, uh, let, let's move on to rapid fire questions. Um, you know, uh, quick fun mm -hmm. questions. Uh, what's your, uh, what's your favorite restaurant in Houston? Oh, I like Kata Robata, the sushi place on Kirby. Oh, oh, nice. George, you want to jump on the next one? Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite travel destination, whether it's in the States or, or abroad? Yeah. Stockholm is my answer. Oh, oh nice. What about your favorite hobby outside of work? Gardening. <laughs> oh, nice. I, I, I can tell being being a neighbor of yours, uh, your garden does look very nice. Lots Check it of out. food in there, too. Yeah, yeah it takes some tips. Yeah, very, very green thumb. Yeah. All right, Vivian, our last question. What's your favorite uh, Netflix show or movie that you recently watched? Oh, I it's it's not recent because I'm still waiting for the next uh, episodes or season. It's called Ozark. It's oh, okay. yeah, no, I've I've seen that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I'm addicted to it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's so good. Okay, well, 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 thank you so much uh, for your time, and we really appreciate it and hope to bring you back at another time in the future. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for inviting. I really enjoyed it. Yep, likewise. Thanks, Vivian. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye.